Does everybody know what time it is? Time to ask for directions before this episode gets lost and ends up being even longer than it usually is. (laughs) That's right, it's grunt work. Take Sepulveda up over the hill there, hang a left when you see the vape lounge, and that's going to put you on Moore Park. And you want to stay on Moore Park until you take a right at the three-story KFC, and then you'll pull up right in front of Grunt Work, the all-inclusive podcast about the TV series Home Improvement. I'm Truman, the Are We There Yet Man Caps, and with me as always is Landon, the So Help Me God Truman, I will turn this car around, we don't have to go to Disneyland Man Solano. (laughs) Wow, I actually, uh, I'm glad you you were you got to the point that we got to the uh, grunt work episode, because I thought I'd walk down on an episode of the Californians for a second there. <laughs> I know, I was trying specifically not to mention freeway names, because already <laughs> it turns into a parody of something else. Oh my god, Truman, it's good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you too, Landon, it's good to be seen as well. How are you doing? Um, I, I'm doing alright. I got a little bit of a heavy heart this week, though. Oh no, why is your, why is your heart heavy? Well, uh, we have some tragic news, unfortunately. Uh, is this about John Mahoney? <laughs> well, that is tragic as well. We do talk about Fraser quite a lot here. But um, I don't want to hijack your tragedy. It's very sad. God bless. <laughs> well, it's a tragedy of all home improvement. This week marks our first home improvement death since we've started this podcast. Oh, dear. Um, our beloved Pete Bilker from K&B Construction, uh, played by Mickey Jones, has passed away. Yes. Um, it's It's been this week for us, but since this episode will come out in a few weeks, you know, it'll you know hopefully... Uh, heels have started to uh, mend by then, but yeah. um, it's. I was looking at a lot of stuff about this guy. Uh, Home Improvement is actually only a footnote to this guy's career. Really? What uh, else has he done? <clears throat> Mickey is a established drummer, and he's played with such acts as Johnny Rivers, Kenny Rogers, oh. and Bob Dylan. Shit. And yeah, he had not one, not two, not ten, not fifteen. This. But 17 gold records. Holy shit. <laughs> as like a session musician or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, wow. uh, a- as an actor, he also appeared on classic shows as MASH, The Incredible Hulk, The Dukes of Hazard, 21 Jump Street, and yes, he even reunited with our beloved Pamela Anderson on Baywatch. Oh my god. This- <laughs> uh, and with Betsy Randall, who is in this episode, yeah. on Boy Meets World. This this guy had a hell of a career. I know. And his post-home improvement career includes Entourage, Justified, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Jesus. And his movie credits are just as, as varied. Okay, you know, I think one of the best things, one of the most important services we're providing to mankind on this show is that we're really kind of exploring how you don't have to be a famous television celebrity to have really a good and lucrative and just decent career working in the entertainment business in kind of the backgrounds and on the edges. And this seems like a tribute to that. He's got, absolutely he's been all over the place. And, you know, we'll certainly miss Mr. Jones, but uh, lucky for us, we, we still have eight more appearance appearances of him (laughs) on the show to, to celebrate him. So, uh, yeah, we have that to look forward to. Now, well, well, that's, that's great. I mean, I'm sad to see, you know, I'm sad to see one of the K&B construction guys go. Yeah. But also, I, I look back, and it's like, he it seems like he had a great life, yeah. you know? I mean, I guess there's nothing on his IMDb profile about whether he was truly happy, but I feel yeah, like... There's no happiness meter on IMDb, unfortunately. But if this is... <laughs> well, and even if there was, I'm sure that, that uh, Gamergate types would hijack it or something <laughs> and make it look like the female Ghostbusters were <laughs> yeah. super unhappy. Right. But no, I, I think that, you know, if this is a guy who, who loves music and, and grew up loving music and mm-hmm. acting, I mean, it seems like his whole career, I mean, spanning from 
God, from 21 Jump Street to Justified, that's a long career. Yeah, and from Bob Dylan to uh, the KB Construction Band. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Think about you're you're playing in a session with Bob freaking Dylan. And Apparently, then, on his 1966 uh, like world tour. Oh my uh, God! He was the the session drummer for that or session. I don't know what. I'm not a music guy, so. I, uh, whatever you call an on-the-road Yeah, I mean, the is. traveling music. I don't know. Yeah. It's the backing band yeah, for Bob right. Dylan. But so you're playing drums for Bob Dylan, and then 20 years later, you're <laughs> playing, like, you're, you're drumming on, like, oil drums and gasoline <laughs> jugs while, while Tim Allen and Al mug for the camera. I, yeah. I like that. But, you know, he seems like he had a good sense of humor about it that, you know, I think he instills... Uh, Pete with such a lovable nature that he can't have disdain for what he's doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all of the, I mean, I think that can be said of all the KMB guys. But um, uh, yeah, so we'll miss him, but we'll be sure to to celebrate him um, next time we see him on an episode. So and I, so I guess the only other thing is to do the grunt work salute. To <laughs> is that or is that not Solomon? <laughs> there you go. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, rest uh, rest in peace. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's sad, but, uh, we have an episode of Home Improvement that we watched this week that was actually pretty fun. I know, I know. I was so overjoyed as we were watching it to realize, oh my god, I enjoy the show again. I was I know. so scared. <laughs> this, this, this episode brought me true joy. We like Home Improvement again, guys. It's okay. <laughs> the sun, this summer is coming, whatever, we're back. Uh, yeah, winter is coming, snow's coming. Uh, well, winter did come in this yeah, episode. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I have a little synopsis for you, if I, you'd like. I, I would like, you know, better that than go without one. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's the throes of winter, and there's a big snowstorm a-blowing. Uh, and of course, this happens to fall on the night of Jill's friend Sheila's wedding. Uh, Karen comes over to watch the kids as Tim and Jill brave the weather to find the church. Uh, Tim, however, forgoes the directions, claiming that he knows how to get there instinctively. Classic man move. <laughs> but as we can all guess, Tim's instincts lead them astray, and they get lost in Ohio. A fate worse than death. And, you know, Al's here, Wilson's here, the kids are here, uh, our friend Karen is here. But that's that's the thrust of the episode. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, we call them plot light episodes, but this one, like, even though it's plot light, it... it, it We've talked about spinning too many plates sometimes or not picking a direction. I f well, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> this time, I feel like they picked a direction, went with it, and explored it to its fullest extent. They, they, they said, hey, let's, let's just spin one plate and spin that plate really well. <laughs> yeah. And I think we all benefited. I, you know, I, it was a simple plot, and it's really... When you look at Tim Allen's comedy and the gist of it being men and women are different and, and right. you know, all these really groundbreaking I think I've picked up that night by now. Yeah, have, have you caught that? <laughs> it's really subtextual. Uh, but but the the age-old trope of the woman wanting to ask for the for directions and the man not wanting to, it is it is some, like, as soon as we, I realized that's what this episode was going to be, I was yeah. like, damn, how have we not done this already? <laughs> right, two seasons in and, uh, yeah, we haven't come to it yet, but, but here we are. But they handled it really well, mm -hmm. and they ha like, and it's a bit that you've seen in a million sitcoms. Yeah. But they handled it in a funny way that I had not that like surprised me. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I was like struck a number of times watching this where I'm like, this could have been a honeymooners episode. Yes, and, absolutely. But for some reason, it doesn't feel tired. It it's not like they're you know we've we've kind of uh, held them to to the coals a little bit um, for trying uh premises that are just kind of tired and whatever and not adding anything new to them or you know 
Um, for whatever reason, this this one they felt like it was a modern take on it uh, that they gave it their own personality, um, and it felt more like an homage or in the same vein as as the classic stuff than just kind of a pale imitation. Yeah, yeah. I and also it was an episode. That, I mean, yeah, Tim screwing up is what drives it, but that's what drives every episode. Am I right, folks? Pun intended. Ayo. Even better. Wow, man. <laughs> See, this is great. This episode being good energizes our episode. <laughs> but I think that uh, in this one, Tim isn't really an asshole. I mean, he is... He has moments of asshole. I, I, Tim is never 100% clean on the asshole front. <laughs> but, like, it's not It's not Pun like... Intended? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I just I need to I need to extra scrutinize everything I say now. <laughs> the puns are never intended. He's uh no, on on this episode it's not like he he doesn't seem as vengeful and angry in this episode. In this mm-hmm. one it's more just like bumbling Tim. Oh, Tim doesn't want to ask for directions. Right. That's so Tim. Right. I can't fault him for that. Um but okay, I, I have a few op- ideas of what the title of this episode oh, could okay, be. Oh, okay, yes, let's and, go into that. Okay. Cuz you're not going to get it. Okay. Uh, so the lost weekend. <laughs> I love that, but that's actually Al's uh, alcoholism episode. <laughs> alcoholism, pun Alco- intended. <laughs> uh, another one, just lost. J.J. Uh, Abrams. Uh, <laughs> now this is going to for uh, for those of you at home. Uh, Tim and Jill are trying to get to North Adams for this wedding, and so the thing that's repeated is like, "Oh, we'll be in North Adams in no time. Oh, we're almost to North Adams." So. Um, uh, so a few other options, North by North Adams, Nanook of the North Adams, North Adams and Eve. <laughs> I, I love all of these, especially Nanook of the North Adams. I, I know, that one's a real, the deepest of the cuts. <laughs> and also because of the snow motif. Right, exactly. Yeah. It fits on multiple levels. Or snow teeth. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, that, uh, that title works way better than this one. Oh man, oh I love <clears> this. <throat> You're driving me crazy. You're driving me nuts. Oh, man. See, this is the thing. It's like, I feel like the episodes we don't like tend to have better titles, and the episodes we do like have worse titles. I mean, we really liked yeah. Jill's birthday, which remains yeah. the least imaginative. Although we did have Grown Pain. Growing Pains. Yeah. Yeah, that's not... I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm also going to say, though, I don't think any of mine are necessary. Like, North Adams and Eve isn't really on... <laughs> point short of that there's a man and a woman in it and that marriage is vaguely referenced nanook of the north though works uh of the north adams works really well it does it does but it kind of relies on the audience for home improvement (laughs) having been watching like (laughs) 20s era documentaries that were in fact heavily staged yeah and having a a sense of michigan's uh geolocation (laughs) well the snow does that for me (laughs) there you go um but i gotta say uh you know we're gonna go into a deep dive and probably get into all this stuff but i would hope so um they they were really intricate with their directions and their their areas and uh their directions i say directions yeah you you did Uh, and and their areas and and don't forget their directions uh not their directions so much but their areas and also their directions it makes it's making me uncomfortable (laughs) when you say area that much (laughs) uh yeah, well, it's it seems as though it was written from a real perspective mm-hmm. of of you know the people who are from Michigan writing this episode, people yeah. who've maybe tried to make the drive to the mystical North Adams, <laughs> which in my head now is like the city of El Dorado. <laughs> it is not at yeah. all. Um, not to not to bag on North Adams at all, but it's like my my one 
Well, well, we'll get to it. This is, let's go into the deep dive, and we'll get to these details. And also, just, just to be clear, when I said El Dorado, I didn't mean gold. I just meant there's a Cadillac El Dorado parked <laughs> somewhere in the city. Much closer to the <laughs> reality. Mean, outside Detroit, am I right, folks? <laughs> um, Why don't you take us into the deep dive here? Okay, so the, the, the show starts on the set of Tool Time... We were looking for the grunt creep because you don't see him right away. And I'm like, where are you, <laughs> motherfucker? You're going to come out. You're going to do something goofy. And it, sure enough, it's kind of cre- it's going across the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. Tim and Al are using a circular saw. And the grunt creep is being chased by a little animated circular saw. <laughs> and then the, the you know, home is on top of improvement taking the form of like, I, you should see. Yeah, do- I mean, look at the home improvement logo and you know what the grunt creep looks like. I guess I don't need to explain. We do have the internet. It's <laughs> not, I don't need to make word pictures for you. But the home jumps off of the top of improvement and they both dive out of frame as though they are running away from the thing yeah and i'm pretty sure i heard it go like meow, meow, <laughs> are you sure that wasn't like residual uh um theme song of it dropping into the void or does everything make that noise when it drops into the I, void I, th- I think everything as it goes into the void it literally looks death in the eye and it can't help but just you know i had so much stuff to live for I mean, that really makes black holes less intimidating. <laughs> when you think that all light and sound gets sucked into it, you think of this massive destruction thing. But if it's really just like, not so intimidating. Uh, both Carl Sagan and Stephen Hawking were huge Home Improvement fans. <laughs> um, so anyway, so the Grunt Creep gets chased by the buzzsaw. Mm-hmm. But Tim and Al are putting the finishing touches on an entertainment center. Yes, they are. And... The, the first thing is they're building this entertainment center and they've got a TV set up on it in a VCR and Al is saying to the camera, he holds up the, he holds up the tool time address thing, but yeah. for the first time it's not as a goof Oh, on yes, Tim. I did pick up that where yeah. he's like, write us if you want the, the instructions um, for how to build this thing. We'll give you the, the blueprints or whatever. Yeah, blueprint A340. So for me, it's like, okay, so tool time is like Ikea, sort of? <laughs> like, it's like Ikea plus a TV show and you mail order... Stuff. I mean, I think it's interesting. I just never have seen this side of the show before that mm-hmm. not only are – like usually just it seems like, oh, we're putting the finishing touches yeah. on this or showing you this weird life hack or more likely right. bitching about our home lives. <laughs> right. But in this one, it's like, okay, they'll actually like sell you a, a entertainment center yeah. in a box that you assemble. Well, they are using the, the Binford Easy Glide system. Of course. Uh, so Binford is – continuing to make things and now it's almost like they're taking they're like preempting apple a little bit they're like we'll give you the the tools yeah we'll infiltrate your home with every (laughs) product and then we'll give you the instructions on how to use it so that you rely on us for how to actually function in your life uh and soon it's going to be world domination i feel if binford existed in the 21st century they would have some alexa type home assistant (laughs) except it would be called tim and it would have tim allen's voice or no i think it would still be called Alexa. Oh God, <laughs> you're right. It would be pun intended. We're, this is a, we should do more of these in the morning. That's when our puns are best. Um, you know, I would honestly pay to have Richard Carn do the voice of uh, a personal assistant. I, I would absolutely like. I'm really wary of bringing one of those into my home right <laughs> yes. now. But if it had Richard Carn's voice, that okay, big government. You want to you want to <laughs> get a microphone in my home? Get Richard Carn on your side. He's already a spy for the government, so it should yeah, be that exactly. Hard. Um, he's a spy, so reality and fiction are blending together. I, reality yeah. and fiction of fiction, yes, are blending together. Here. Metafiction is blending with fiction, and then that <laughs> fiction is blending with reality. It's just a big, it's just a big old gumbo of dumb ideas. <laughs> it's one of the 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 bright stars out in the cosmos. Yes, yes. 
And I, my my only other comment about this then is that we get this the gag that I have repeatedly said that I love mm-hmm. where we've got Al talking and then Tim's face on the monitor because yeah. the monitor is on the uh on the uh it's like on a center. Yes, on the entertainment center on kind of like a lazy Susan sort of thing, so it can rotate. Yeah. And Tim operates it to like pretend the TV's his head yeah. shaking his head no or and it's it's this weird like Max Headroom thing yeah. for a little while there. I almost wish the show was more like that. But uh, um, yeah, so they're there. They've built the thing. Tim has modified the thing. Yeah. with a pull out for the VCR. The, yeah, the Easy Glide system. Yeah, and he pulls it out, and Al's like, and then it, you know, to his surprise, Tim has installed the stoppers so yes. that it doesn't fly out the front of it. Um, but but. <laughs> no, man, you do it. You you take this juicy punchline that no one sees coming. Oh, man. When he pushes it back in, the stoppers don't stop it from going out the back. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, and and the screen on the on the monitor goes to static. And yeah. then... Do we draw out the continuity error that Al turns the TV off and then the next shot it's on and... I mean, we can make hay out of continuity errors on this show. <laughs> That's a pretty big one, though. The, the, yeah, the, the thing is off, but then it somehow goes to like it. Tr- the VCR getting pushed off not only turns the TV back on, but makes it go. Also, even if the TV was on, why would it be set to a VCR setting if we're getting a live feed <laughs> right. of what's happening from? Yeah, the camera? a lot of it does not make sense. The electricians on this show who wired that thing up—they're the real superstars. <laughs> I would I would say that true of all of Home Improvement. Yes. Um, and then we go to the theme song, where guess what? You've got something to say? I've got nothing to say. You've got nothing to say? Uh, well, I mean, aside, the only thing that I have to say is that I, I, now neither one of us can look away when Brad looks you in the eye during the opening <laughs> credits, and we both kind of shudder at the same time, and it's it brings us together in a weird way. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was meant for all along. Oh. <laughs> the, the, the. Yeah, he's not. He's looking into your soul because he wants to bring you closer to other souls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then we we actually begin the episode. Yes, uh, we go into the kitchen back home. Uh, it is nighttime. Yeah, which uh, Tim and Jill are getting ready to head out to this wedding. Tim's already dressed, watching the Pistons game that he taped. Um, which we'll get to that in a second. But uh, I just want to bring up immediately. A wedding at night? Thank you. The whole episode, I'm wondering this. It's like... I mean, it does get, like, pitch black at night um, around noon <laughs> in the winters in Michigan. I mean, North Adams is north. We're talking Arctic Circle shit. <laughs> it's actually South Michigan. But wait, that's confusing. <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, well, yeah, but it it seem, it feels like it's just like a Tuesday night and yeah. they're going to a wedding. Like, the kids are home from school mm-hmm. or something and Tim's in his suit getting ready to leave. yeah. It's it was it's that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, um, but I guess is it Stacy is the friend who's wedding? Sheila Sheila Sheila's but it's also in their conversation it's made clear that Sheila has been stood up at the altar like yeah. three or four times. Sheila is cursed when it comes to comes to the fellas. Yes, and so maybe Sheila's just like well. Hey, you know, I can't make people sacrifice their weekend anymore, yeah, so right. let's just let's just squeeze a quick wedding in on a Tuesday night. <laughs> uh could quite well be. Yeah. Um but so we let's go back to Tim watching the the Pistons game mm-hmm. uh, that he recorded from the night before. They're playing the Bulls. Um 
and Brad and Randy come down and they're like gonna ruin the game for him and then they extort some money out of him to yeah. to not and he's like well Randy with his little little scheminess is like well what's it worth to you this seems like it's worth something uh, and Tim's like you're not getting anything out of me and Randy's like oh well that's fine I mean if you don't want to know about the blah 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 and he's like fine fine and takes gives him all the things but the reason I go through all that rigmarole is that Tim says the line don't you have some ants you can go burn. As as though he knows. As, as though he knows. So who who's whose head does that really fall on? Why like who's responsible for <laughs> the kid, like a nature versus nurture yeah, thing? Exactly. I mean Tim is definitely ignoring some warning signs there. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm looking at Randy in this scene and it's like Randy's extorting Tim. Good for Randy just asking for money and not saying like, You don't want me to tell you how the game goes? Slap your wife in the face. <laughs> I want you to do it, Dad. Show me how much you care about sports. Like, you know, he's not making... He's not doing, like, jigsaw stuff to him. <laughs> right, not yet. Yeah, that's true. That, again, season I mean, He is eight. only 11. Yeah. <clears throat> he has to work up to it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also, this is just the classic gag from Air Force One, where President Harrison Ford wants to watch the Michigan game. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, because the president's from Michigan in that movie. And the whole movie, or the whole beginning of the movie, is getting on Air Force One. He's like, <laughs> don't tell me I'm the president. I don't want to know who won. But then one of his aides tells him. I love that in all of my uh, uh, classes on comedy I've taken, the teacher's always going, that's a classic Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, also all your all your cinema classes, I mean, it, it, it kind of, it's it's starts with like the seventh seal they watch nosferatu <laughs> yeah. uh you do touch of evil air force one <laughs> pulp fiction all, all the ones that you need to see yeah exactly um but this is where uh jill comes down she's uh kind of frantically trying to get out the door mm. uh, she asked him to sign the the card um and she sees the game that he's watching like, oh the bulls that's that's the one with marvin jordan right uh, I, let me call bullshit for a second <laughs> I mean, I don't like sports, and I especially do not like basketball. Like, if I'm going to watch a sport, it's going to be football. But even I, as an oblivious non-sports-liking <laughs> child, I effing knew who Michael Jordan was. <clears throat> For what it's worth, I actually have a story. Okay. Uh, it's very short, so. Um, <laughs> we were at Cedar Point, which is, uh, for those of you who don't know... Um, it's in Ohio, Sandusky, Ohio. It's one of the nation's biggest uh, roller coaster theme parks. Yeah. And we went there one summer. My mom doesn't ride roller coasters. Good for her. So Neither do her I. her and her friend uh, were just sitting around the benches waiting for all of us to do our thing. Uh, so I did not experience this, but I was huge into basketball, specifically the Bulls at this time. Yeah. We come back uh, from a particularly long wait on a ride and everyone, there's this hubbub around my mom. Apparently, when she was sitting on the bench, Michael Jordan came over and sat down next to her, and she had no idea who he was. Oh, my God. Uh, and I have never let her live that down. And, and has it always kind of stung you that you weren't able to be there yes. when you sat down? <laughs> When, you know, when I was growing up, you know, it's, hey, welcome to the Michael Jordan cast, guys, where everyone tells their <laughs> stories about personal experiences with Michael Jordan. Uh, when I was growing up, one of our family friends was a uh, woman who had uh, taught, um, she was a graduate student who taught a class at uh, University of North Carolina mm -hmm. when Michael Jordan was going there. And she would always, uh, he wasn't always that great of a student. He wasn't always turning his, his papers in on time. And she would always scold him and say, you know, Michael, you really need to be on top of your work. I know basketball is fun, but that's not going to be a career. You really, you need to get your math homework done or something. 
And um, she's had egg on her face ever since. <laughs> the man who has shoes named after him. <laughs> yes. Uh, and ironically, this is probably the only appropriate time for you to do the Hitler mustache, and you're not. What, why? Because... Because he's the only person since Hitler who has rocked the Hitler mustache. Uh, Michael Jordan? I guess so. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it, but I don't feel good doing it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no one should. So, back to home improvement. Yes. <laughs> we got we got way out in the stratosphere on that one. Yeah, just, um, like, just like Michael Jordan does in the movie Space Jam. <laughs> Which, opening titles, Jim Prater, there you go. Home Improvement Connection. Wow. Um, Karen comes over. Yes. She's going to watch the kids for the night. Yeah. Why is this not an opportunity to hook up Karen and Al? Have them both, oops, we scheduled two babysitters because you got to do it together. That seems like a good romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, but we don't get that. No. Also, I think the kids being there, it would be an episode about the boys cock-blocking Al at every opportunity. <laughs> uh we saw though. Al's got some wile in him. Wile is that the? I, let's let's make that a thing. He's got some wile. <laughs> he's got he's got some uh, some skills to to fend off the boys. I think yeah. he would turn the jokes on them. But, yeah. Uh, Karen's over. She's she says uh, to Mark, "Ready for a hot hand to go fish?" Yes. <laughs> well, and we know how 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 uh, the boys handle fish, so they probably <laughs> are ready for it. Uh, and then she starts talking about the wedding with Jill. Turns out, uh, she's 36, which is, uh, news to me, uh, because I, I, I can essentially date her. <laughs> that made me feel weird. Wait, we'll get you that time machine, man, and you're gonna make her the happiest woman in the world. I'm gonna be 36 this year. Uh, I would totally date Karen. Yeah. So, 1993 Karen, give me a call. Karen's the whole package, man. G- give me a call on your landline phone. <laughs> or 1994 Karen. Uh, 95, you know, I, I've got pretty wide ranges, so. Yeah, man, you know, older women make it happen. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, anyhow, this, this whole scene culminates with them rushing out the door. Yes. Tim, Tim has kind of talked about like, oh, I don't need the directions. I, you know, get there by instinct. I know where I'm going. Yeah. Um. And we already know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, geez. <laughs> and the scene ends with Tim heading out to the garage and Jill goes, the car's parked out front. Yeah. So, you know. He says something about how... Foreshadowing. He says something about how, like, oh, yeah, I've got I've got radar in my brain. I don't need that. <laughs> He's going out to the garage. It's in the front. And he goes, well, the radar doesn't work until I'm in the car. <laughs> and then we see them in the car. In the car, yeah. In probably the first... I mean, we've seen Tim and Al driving in, like, a remote segment, but this is, like, on the set of... Like, they, this is yeah, they, on a soundstage. But. Clearly, yeah, yeah. And I have to imagine that this was another... Um, uh, little touch by Andy Kadiff, yes, uh, who we you know commended in his directorial debut on this show, uh, with that sweeping crane shot that introduces so many thing elements in that in the garage. Yeah. Um. What was it? Two, three episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That he has the the technical prowess to to pull this off. I mean, not that it, it, John Pasquin could have done it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not the hardest thing in the world, but. Well, yeah, but the camera kind of rotates around Tim and Jill. They're in the hot rod. There's, you know, snow is well, down and, on and them. Jill's formally made hot rod. Not they yeah. haven't finished the hot rod that they've been working on for two yeah. seasons. They're they're in they're in Jill's station wagony hot rod thing yeah. that Tim nonetheless is driving. Um, and snow is pouring down, and Jill's got a blast from the past. Jill has a huge road map and is trying to figure out <laughs> how to get to a place on a road map. And I'm just looking at that and thinking, I, I am so glad that that's not the case anymore, because yeah. I would get lost even more. <laughs> my mom, when they, they recently moved, and um, she had bought my dad this big atlas. 
mm-hmm. uh, that had all these road, you know, national roadmaps in it. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't want it anymore, didn't really use it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you want this? And I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I got a phone. You want me to hang them up as like art in my house? Like, what would I use Actually, these for? That might be kind of cool. Burn them for warmth. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, we get we get in this car, and this is where we start to get the directions. Uh, they're heading on one twenty seven South, mm-hmm. which uh, is actually heading toward my parent, or my grandparents' uh, place where they used to live. Oh man, um, this is like going through Lansing. So um, I was looking at a map. Um, they had you know passed through. I, I mean, it's kind of curious. I don't know why they would have taken this direction at all. If they're if they're in the suburbs of Detroit, they shouldn't be touching 127 at all, unless they're taking the 12 down to 127. This is real interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's good for me if I ever need to get to your grandparents' place, though. <laughs> well, they're trying to get to North Adams, which is where this uh, wedding is. Um, but they're they're naming real roads and real highways, and mm-hmm. uh, I was really really impressed with that level of, of attention. When you watch mystery science theater episodes from the from the nineties, there are a lot. Whenever they do a joke about roads or directions or anything, people on the internet have very faithfully gone through and found out that oh no, they're giving accurate directions for how to get to this address in in uh, in Minneapolis. It's all like <laughs> it's all Twin Cities area directions because that's yeah. where they shop the things. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah, there's a lot of joy to be found in in, in so. what what directions people throw out when they're doing a road joke in a show yeah i mean if nothing else it's just like the it just shows your dedication to your own content which i really appreciate absolutely uh so they're they're driving uh jill's directions seem to be based entirely off of landmarks tim's are based entirely off of instinct and uh um and actual roads that exist right. the combination of these is getting them lost and so Jill keeps saying, oh, we're, we're looking for this statue of a big guy holding a donut, uh, but they they haven't found it. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, and I, I'm going <clears> to <throat> say, I usually I, I, I understand both sides of this thing. You know, as a man, I definitely have the instinct to just pretend I know where I'm going. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I don't. Um, but I get the landmark thing as well. However, it's dark. And it's a blizzard out. Yes. Landmarks aren't going to help you. Yeah, yeah. Th- this would be... I mean, I guess I understand now why the wedding is set at, is happening at night, because that makes it easier for the landmarks to fail and kind of <laughs> right. kind of push forward the conflict yeah, of yeah. the episode. But yeah, I mean, given that the snow is accumulating more and more on, on just on the hood of their car mm-hmm. as they drive, and they've got the windshield wipers... Yeah, which I want to actually uh, uh, rewind a little bit yeah. uh, to the previous scene inside the house... Um, there was some ma- amazing production design in that they had uh, snow falling. We, we never see outside. Yeah. But just you could see through the kitchen mm-hmm. um, outside of their patio in the backyard, and there's like this big snow falling out there. I, I saw that too. And I was really impressed by that. I know. It's real. Again, I well, they won all those. It was the tech Emmys yeah, that they right. won for this. It's, it's, you know, aspects like that. They're really, again, it's the same uh, dedication to their content that yeah. what they do when they put in these super specific uh, Michigan directions. Yeah. So they're lost. They're uh, they're running late. Uh Jill is wanting Tim to pull over and get directions. Tim mm-hmm. is insisting no. Uh Tim sa- Jill says at one point, "Tim, my feet are freezing and I'm starving." And Tim says, "Eat your feet." <laughs> Weird line, but it got both of us. I it got and and Jill says, "Okay, well you can't have any." <laughs> uh, uh only only a shame if Tim is a foot file. 
what's yeah. the what's the name of that? Uh, foot fetishist, uh, Tarantinoist. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Right. Yes, that's it. So you know they're they're going and going, and Tim keeps insisting that they're just about to get to North Adams, mm-hmm. and then Tim says, look, "Look there, what's that sign say?" And Jill says, "Welcome to Ohio." <laughs> And says, if we hit Kentucky, I'm filing for divorce. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and, you know, they would have to go another eight hours because Ohio is the longest state to drive through. <laughs> um, I hope I never have to find that I out. I hope you never have to either. It's nothing but Jesus Barnes and uh, really, really nice, great people. <laughs> That's good. Just trying to cover my Saved tracks. It. <laughs> Saved it. Yes. <laughs> and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. That's true. Actually, Cleveland uh, Cleveland gets shit on quite a lot, but I, I thoroughly enjoy Cleveland. I, I've, I've heard it's like the Portland of the Upper Midwest. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I can totally see that. And I've, I've heard that apparently there's great architecture in Columbus. Mm-hmm. This episode brought to you by the Ohio Board of Tourism. <laughs> the Ohio. Ohio. That's that's the accent out there. Ohio. <laughs> That's yeah. If uh, if Tommy Wiseau is is for the for the Ohio Board of Tourism, <laughs> there you go. Um. Anyway, Tim uh, finally acquiesces. Yes, he says, "Okay, fine. Let's stop for directions." Uh, in not so many words. Yeah. You know? Uh, and they pull off to a party store. Yeah. Uh. Well, a mini mart. Not a, a mini. Yeah. yeah. Not a party city. <laughs> uh, and and we and it's you know there we go. You got you got a whole new set. That yeah. They built just for this episode. Absolutely. You gotta love when they do that. And. Tim walks in and it's a dude at the counter and a cop re- lean, standing there leaning on a thing reading a magazine. <laughs> I want to I want to be in the mini mart that's that that's just like <laughs> a cop not doing his job yeah. and a clerk just like looking at the cop. I want to be well, in that. Well, for life. what it's worth, this area that they're in um on the border of Michigan and Ohio, I mean there is nothing there. If you want to take another jab at the the accuracy of this episode the the biggest i mean okay a wedding at night i can believe that uh you want to do the the tv thing at the beginning okay great there would not be as many cars on the road in this area (laughs) that they are driving in um so it does not surprise me that a cop has just pulled over to a mini mart uh after dealing with a frozen cow uh which is why you know they're trying to give him directions and they're like oh no you can't do that because that road's closed due to uh, snow. That road's closed due to a cow that froze to the road. Yeah. Um, so that does not surprise me at all. Yeah. I guess, you know what, if I had to pry a frozen cow off of a road, I'd want to take a break, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they go in there. Tim tries to get directions from them, as mm-hmm. as stated, the cop and the clerk. Yeah. Between the two of them give him really kind of jumbled colloquial directions about <laughs> right. yeah, so a combination really of landmarks and uh county roads and roads that have different names than what they're that are actually listed. Yeah. And Tim gets confused. And to be to be fair as well, I'm gonna keep saying that um they give them roads which are actually pretty accurate to the area, uh, at least in in uh concepts of like Edgewood Beechwood, you know, there are these kind of like very similar sounding names that kind of wrap around these suburbs and these these rural areas. Yeah. So very easy to get lost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the time by the time you have to pull over for to a mini mart to get directions, <laughs> by the time frozen cows are part of the equation, yeah. it's not going to be a simple like, oh, turn left. Yeah, it's exactly. Going to be hard. And yet he asks that ex- exact thing. It's like, okay, so is it right or left to get yeah. to one twenty seven? Uh, wrong, wrong move, Tim. Um, 
I just want to take a take a quick second. We won't go too far into this, but uh, to draw attention to the two uh, character actors that we have here, uh, the cop is played by uh, Kevin Scannell, um, who was in Turner and Hooch, the player, oh, wow. Bowfinger. He mostly plays cops, I think. <laughs> it, it's weird how there's people who are really just have a copy look and yeah. just are only in movies as cops. And then uh, the Marty, the shop owner, is played by Clito Augusto, who was in uh, The Artist as set technician. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I know what you did last winter. Uh, that sounds like Sorry, I wasn't even going to bring that one up, but the, it just caught me off guard. It's like the um, name of a home improvement episode. Yeah, right, where he played a cop. Oh, so, just, uh, there you go. Just a couple cops hanging out in a mini-mart. One of them's undercover. Yeah. But Cleto, he has that face of, like, a 1980s sitcom actor. He really does. He really did. Like, I don't know. He was deadpanning a lot of his lines. Yeah. And he was kind of playing his character as sort of aloof and oblivious yeah. in a way. Um, so, anyway, they give Tim the directions. He leaves. They're back in the car. Jill is in the back seat trying to change into her dress for the wedding. Yeah. And Tim is... Tim is enjoying the view of his naked wife in the rearview mirror with with some really great Chevy Chase style mugging <laughs> that I actually that I actually did find myself enjoying just yeah. because of how how bulgy his eyes he's, get. He's really into it. Yeah, yeah. You guys aren't appreciating the the eye bulges that I was doing, but it was <laughs> it was pretty funny. He um he he seems uh, attracted to that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Tell you. Phrased well. Tim, Tim, who always talks about having sex, still uh, likes his naked wife. Yeah, I'm going to start calling you Fraser. <laughs> Fraser Crane. My, my, my brain is some tossed salads and scrambled <laughs> eggs right now. Uh, so they are in the car yeah. driving for another hour. Jill is uh, still, you know, saying, Tim, when are we going to get there? And Tim is saying, no, 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 we're, I'm sure we're in North Adams now. We just need directions to the church. Yeah. Uh, here, I'm just going to ask for directions at this mini-mart. <laughs> Pulls up, goes inside. <laughs> it's a really great reveal, because he gets out of the car, walks inside, and he's, like, brushing the snow off his head, so he doesn't, like, immediately look at his surroundings. And then we get, like, uh, so it starts on a close-up of him inside the store, and then we go to a, cut to a wider shot, and we see the same cop and Marty, uh, <laughs> just like, oh, well, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Tim just goes, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, some, Tim winds up saying, I'm in hell. I'm in hell. I'm yeah. in hell. I'm in hell. <laughs> um, and of course, in both the previous scene in the party story and this one, Tim tries to pawn this all off on Jill. It's, you know, my wife left her purse at the church. We need to get back there. Yeah. He doesn't want to admit that they haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um, but then Jill comes in. Yeah. Uh, so that she can she can phone ahead to the the church to say that they're going to be late and da-da-da-da-da. Um, Everything comes, you know, out in the, the laundry here. And uh, is that, is everything, that a phrase? Everything comes out in hey, the laundry. Hey, Fraser, is that a phrase? <laughs> God, can that be the podcast? You just like, you just like run phrases by me and I tell you if they exist. Well, actually, Niles, I believe that the uh, answer is it all comes out in the wash. Oh, yes. But I'm listening to your phrases. <laughs> Fraser has left the building. Um, yeah, so uh, it all comes out that uh, both. You know, Jill, in talking to Tim, reveals to the cop and Marty that Tim has been lying to them. And then the cop and Marty, in explaining, oh, yeah, no, it's st- we're st- 
we're still in Ohio reveals to uh, Jill that they are uh, that they're not nearly as close as Tim has led her to yeah. believe. And Tim is trying to explain himself to to Jill and saying like, "Look, I was confused. I was distracted. You were naked in the back seat." And the cop goes, "Whoa, easy. This is Ohio. We have laws." <laughs> this is a really really great performance by this character actor, which I feel like we haven't seen a, a good like. I'm not ragging on the character actors that have been this season, but there really hasn't been that many opportunities for the character actors to really bite into a role since season one. So it was really great to see both the cop and Marty be able to um, have some banter and lines. Yeah. I mean, even like our last episode uh, was the one with the dance studio where they had a full on like legit old Hollywood song and dance lady in it as the character actor. But I feel like she didn't, her performance was overshadowed through no fault of her own by Mm -hmm. tim's antics yeah but in this one it just seems like the joke is less on tim's boorish behavior and more on tim as the hapless everyman in a situation everybody's been in and these guys are just sort of doing commentary on it which i you know the two two other folksy everyman (laughs) also can we mention tim has been on the road for an hour same cop same magazine in the same (laughs) store this guy is taking a long lunch (laughs) That's very true. Well, maybe he knows that the only activity that ever happens in the sound is that particular convenience store being held up. Yeah, yeah. Or teenagers coming in there to read that specific magazine. <laughs> yes. So he's he's staking out it's the entrapment. Yeah, he's staking out the uh, big game hunter magazine because <laughs> it's the swimsuit edition. Uh, but we get to—is this where we get the frozen cow transition? Uh, no, the frozen cow transition. Yeah, we forgot that. Uh, that so uh, the first time Tim leaves the mini mart. Uh, yeah. That was disturbing. The image turns into a cow, a graphic of a cow, which then slowly gets frosty white, and you hear the cowbell ringing, and then it falls into the void. It just, like, cow tips over, yeah. Yeah, basically. The grunt creep tips it, or Randy, for that matter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Is Randy, does he evolve into the grunt creep? You know, or or the grunt creep is actually his real father. (laughs) It's one one of those. Uh, yeah, let's not go down that hole. Yes. Then uh, we go back home after this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen is watching the kids. They're playing Go Fish. And Randy's like, she he catches uh, Karen like leaning back in her seat trying to look at Mark's cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, don't, you know, hey, don't cheat. Yeah. And then um, starts talking about hot chocolate. And Brad gets up to get everyone more hot chocolate. And then he looks at Karen's cards. And they pull a little switcheroo, cheaty move. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, are we are we surprised? <laughs> that, you know, they're they're hustling Karen at Go Fish. I mean, yeah. it's what do you expect from the boys? <laughs> I mean, it's, when they're playing at hundred dollars a hand, maybe you know have some ethics. But well, you know, it, it, well that's really on. But that's really on Karen because she's played. <laughs> we've seen her playing cards with them before. True. Like these these boys are card sharks. She needs to bring her A game, <laughs> and she needs to know what's coming. Yeah. Um, but then Tim comes home, and he is covered in mud. Yep. Uh, and because you know. Because yeah. the last scene ended with the cops saying, oh, is that your red station wagon? Because it's rolling backwards because they forgot the parking brake. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, just like in Baby, it's cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> Only there's no fishing line attached to yeah, Tim's yeah. foot this time. Yeah, Tim isn't getting dragged with it, although he still gets dragged into the mud. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and I really empathized with, uh, with Tim in this scene because, I, listen, I don't think there's a single Michigander who has gone through a winter... And not have their car stuck in a ditch. Uh-oh. Uh, it's happened to me on numerous occasions. Uh, even when it wasn't winter out, I got stuck in mud and fell face first into like, you know, like true, the great outdoors uh, 
if you want to bring Dan Aykroyd back into this, <laughs> and just kind of like face first in the mud trying to push your your vehicle out. Um, and then and then you got up and you opened your eyes and the mud like flew, it was, off, flew off that. Yes, just, exactly. It's like a mud pie in the face. And then whoever's with you makes some joke about like, oh, now you can skip that mud treatment at the spa. <laughs> exactly. And then and then a mud transition into the next scene. You are on home improvement. <laughs> yes, and then the grunt creep kills us all in our sleep. Um, that got that, dark. That's the end of every episode of Home Improvement. It's a this is a Black Mirror type situation. They're exactly. trapped in the sitcom ruled by the grunt yes. creep. Um. So I, I I was I really empathize with Tim on that regard, but on every other count, like I'm having a, also having a hard time relating to Tim because like he comes home and asks, you know, oh, did you record the hockey game like I asked? And mm-hmm. Karen's like, oh yeah, it was great. They won three to four. And Tim's like, oh for God's sake, yeah. Uh, and it's just like Tim Tim's you know like he's kind of dug himself his own hole here. So his own and frustration into it. I, I'm entertained by his frustration. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, you know, somewhat deserved. And also Tim here is frustrated and defeated, but he's not angry and vengeful about it, which is, he doesn't, yeah, right. He, he certainly, he feels kind of put upon, but it's sad sack, which is funny, not angry sack. <laughs> which is, I don't even know what that is. But that's that's the next step past blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> one one in four men suffer from angry sack. <laughs> Call your doctor if your sack has been angry for more than four hours. <laughs> oh man, um, and I can't remember what what uh, Randy says to Tim when he walks in without Jill, but their exchange really cracked me up. Uh, Randy says something like, oh, is mom mad at you because you got her lost? And and Tim says, no, she's great. She's super happy. And then Randy goes, oh, so is that why you came home alone without your wife? <laughs> and Tim, like, grabs Randy by the back of the head. To, he's standing behind Randy in yeah. a chair at the table, pulls Randy... <laughs> like his head back to look at him and like puts his head down in randy's face <laughs> like spider-man kiss style almost yeah except the angry sack version of that <laughs> right and and that's and, when they don't kiss exactly <laughs> and says but it says something like you know, just looks him in the eye and and randy goes am i on the edge and he goes yeah you're on the edge <laughs> <laughs> sorry father <laughs> Um, so that, I know that exchange really, really cracked me up. And, uh, Tim sends him up to, you know, get ready for bed. He goes outside, uh, to to throw his, he throws his trench coat in the trash. You could, you could dry clean it, bro. (laughs) I mean, you have washer and dryers with more power in your house. If they can't get a little mud out. It's like, it's like every, every single thing, like, oh man, this closet isn't 100% perfect. Let me invest all this time (laughs) and money into making it the best closet. Oh, there's some mud on this, on this nice garment I have. (laughs) Well, better burn it. (laughs) Can't fix this somehow. Uh, But this takes us into the Wilson exchange. And uh, I know we're, we're, we're getting long on time here, but there's a lot to unpack with Wilson and his theories this week. We haven't touched on them in quite a while. Yes. But I have... Two pieces of evidence for the God theory and a whole new theory. So, first of all, Wilson, and this has nothing to do with either theories, he's shoveling snow into a crate so that he could send it to his cousin Ernie, who's paying him, because he misses, where was it, Barbados? or Pango Pango, I think. Pango Pango. Which uh, might not even be a real place. <laughs> Who knows with Wilson. Um, but, and he's like, there's no business like snow business. I, I had to laugh at that. Yeah, he laughed at his own joke, which brings me to my new theory. Yes. We've seen Wilson in the last couple episodes acting a little strange. My theory is maybe Wilson's a pothead. 
I, I, I think we've discussed this before that yeah. he like has grown stuff back there, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and we we know for a fact. I mean, there was there was one night when he gives Tim the wolf's bane and the garlic. He's like, oh, but bring that garlic back. I'm making pizza. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. it really wouldn't shock me. And so he seems like it. It seems like he has this wealth of godlike intelligence, but actually, he's just making all this shit up. <laughs> yeah, he's just tripping it out. I mean, I have been at parties where people wax philosophical when they're super high. I think correction. You've been at parties talking to me when I'm super high and I wax philosophical. <laughs> I appreciate you trying to preserve my good name, but my mom and dad know what I do. New theory. Truman is Wilson. Well, have you wondered why I'm always recording on the other side of this fence? I mean, a lot of our <laughs> listeners have never seen my face. Oh, my goodness. Um, so that, that's a new theory. I think that we have a few <laughs> bits of information that, that back that a little so, bit. So it's two sides of a coin. Either God, either Wilson is an omnipotent being who created heaven and earth and mm-hmm. Tim and man and all philosophy, or he's just super high all the time, and we're buying I don't it. think they're mutually exclusive, to be perfectly honest with you. Maybe like, God is a pothead. God, God created weed, and then he was like, oh my God, dude, this shit, oh my me, dude, this stuff is so great. <laughs> oh my me. Um, it's natural, it comes from the earth, I put it here. <laughs> so, uh, here are two things for the God theory. Yes. Um, when, he, when Tim walks out there... Wilson uh, says, you know, I can't remember the exact lines, but he's, he basically says he knows exactly where Tim was. Like, judging by the mud on your coat and the blah, 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 seems like you were at the border of Ohio and blah, blah, blah. And Tim's like, oh, you've been talking to Karen. And Wilson's like, oh, you got my number, neighbor. Um, but, you know, maybe he knew because he's omniscient. Uh, and Tim threw him this this out by saying Karen. And he's like, "Oh yeah, great. No, that's a that's a way to not divulge my hand here." In, in Wilson's head, he's like, "Oh shit, I gave too much away. I gave too much away." And then Tim gives him the lifesaver, and he's like, "I'll take it." <laughs> he also gave Jill a lifesaver in this episode. He did, yes. Um, this episode brought to you by lifesavers and then uh, and the Ohio Board of Florism. <laughs> Wilson um, talks about how um, men have uh, more navigational instinct and uh, women go by landmarks and how that's, you know, kind of natural. Um, But then when he starts, when Tim starts saying, like, Jill was talking about this landmark and Wilson's like, oh, yeah, I know that that's uh, that marks uh, so-and-so's donut shop, Mm -hmm. Um, which made me wonder, oh, maybe, you know, if Wilson has both navigational things, he could be God and God might be multi-gendered. Yeah, True. Or genderless. Yeah, yeah. God is uh, God is gender fluid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or or Wilson, being a big time pothead, just knows all the donut shops <laughs> in the Midwest. <laughs> also fair. I mean, this. Okay, Wilson. Maybe it's that not only is he a pothead, but Wilson is like a drug runner. Like that's what he does for. Like he's just like right. getting like packages of weed and like driving it up the interstate, so he knows yeah. all the donut shops in the area. He was actually packing uh, snow around a a gram of or gram a block of pot. <laughs> yeah, that's... just to throw the guard dogs off the scent. The, okay, I'm actually really liking this theory now. <laughs> also, uh, the Valentine's Day episode, baby, it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Wilson is just magically in the middle of the woods for no reason, or is he out there burying some drugs or picking up some drugs? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a it's kind of like Walter White meets the lady from Weeds, uh, <laughs> little something like that. Yeah, I'm into that. Okay. Um, and oh, so the other the uh, the multigendered genderless thing wasn't. I mean, that was just a question I had. But the other uh, piece of evidence is that he talks about human anatomy is talking about the the iron that men have in their nose 
Um, but he speaks about the anatomy as if he has an intimate knowledge of how it was created. Yeah. As though he's saying, like, hey, I put a little something cool in your nose, Tim. Did you notice it yet? <laughs> that... That, no. We got to be careful with that one. Don't say, don't say that. No <laughs> pun intended. Again, ne- I, ne- I never intend these puns. Y- you can know when I do intend the pun because I'm like making a waka waka kind of face yes. and hand gesture. Um, I do at least. Yeah, I don't know about our listeners, but we got to start live broadcasting these. <laughs> um, but uh, Tim goes inside, and Jill comes home, which is like that was only a 10-15 minute time difference. Yeah, did she like, ride with like because she we, went to the wedding yeah. and Tim drove back. I mean, this would have been a much different episode had it been in the age of cell phones where jill's like yeah hey turn around the 10 minutes you drove away come back and pick me up to the church because the wedding was off yeah or you know or she just took an uber home from the wedding mm-hmm. i mean if we're talking about the 21st century yeah, there you go uh, but jill explains that once again uh uh sheila has been stood up at the altar a yeah. regular runaway bride uh except not runaway groom <laughs> um and so the, she describes what happened, you know, the, the groom called the caterer and said everything was off, and then it, what uh, ensued was kind of a mad grab for as much of the catered food as possible, and Jill made it home with the top of the wedding I was going to ask about that, because that was my other question, is like, why why does Jill get the top of the cake? She's not... <laughs> The bride. I mean, I get that the wedding didn't happen, but the wedding cake is, like, the most ceremonial thing. Yeah. And the top of the wedding cake right. is, like, if you're gonna... Like, even if you want to, like, go home and, like, cry, cry into the top of the wedding cake. Like, if anyone <laughs> yeah. should be sadly eating some sheet cake alone, yeah. let it be the the woman who got stood up. Exactly. the part that's supposed to be for your one-year anniversary. Uh, but this kind of transitions into a, uh, a men's of sorts between Tim and Jill. Um, and they both, you know, have a piece of cake and... Um, and eat it, too. And eat it, too. Uh, Tim regurgitates Wilson's advice in a bizarre way as usual. He said something about having iron boogers and Jill looks at him and goes, nope, don't worry, you do too. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, they start reminiscing about their wedding night and their wedding day and having the cake and um, he smushes the cake in her face and she, cause she's been needling him by talking about how every single person she knew told her not to marry Mm -hmm. Tim um, and then we we got to talk about this transition. Uh, can you get a gif of this transition? Uh, I'm going to have to, just for my own edification. It, the, so here's the thing I've noticed with the transitions, is that they have, um, more recently, they've gone from just doing graphics to actually doing live action things. Like yeah. in the last episode, there were a couple transitions where an actual tango dancer's legs twirled through the frame right, and took yeah. us to the next one. And in this one, a full-on hand holding a full-on piece of cake mooshes it into the lens <laughs> of the camera. Uh, and I didn't hate, look after the cow transition. Look, I've I've seen some shit. I've been, <laughs> I've I've been over there, man. Yeah. I've seen. I've so this didn't upset me. It was just a trip. It was yeah. just a weird little transition because you never expect a scene to end with a full on Monty Python style hand coming into frame and mooshing cake into the camera. Agreed. Lens. Yeah. Um, and then that takes us to the next day. Uh, Tim and the kids are eating some cake, saying and there was a really kind of a funny line where Tim's like. Mm, this is the best cake Sheila's ever had. <laughs> Just a, a good little little poke at yeah. Sheila and her cursed marriages. Yeah. I mean, also, this is, for from a sitcom standpoint, you know, every sitcom thrives on parties, weddings, mm-hmm. events. Like, there just always has to be something like that. Yeah. Having an unseen character who constantly gets left at the altar is yeah. just, like, 
perfect lampshadable fodder for like, <laughs> oh, yep, another wedding. Up, oh, got stood up again. You, so you all, they've always got an excuse to yeah. be going somewhere, and they've always got an excuse for another one, and it's I, always a gag. I hope it comes back like uh, Kramer's friend Bob Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just, yeah. Every season we get a, a failed wedding episode. <laughs> yeah, for Sweeps Week. <laughs> um, um, Randy says, I'm never getting married, mm-hmm. and starts asking Tim, like, well, what's, what's the point of getting married? Why would anyone do it? Tim starts reciting like oh well, wedding weddings are a sham listen yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something guys weddings are for women for women yeah they're made by women for women so that they can have the flowers and the thing and then blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. take the red pill guys come on yeah <laughs> uh and then he's like i would have uh, jill comes in and scares the kids off yeah um and uh she's like well she asked him well what kind of wedding would you want he's like oh i want a gridiron wedding uh and starts talking about Having a, a a big inch, a big inch, a big inch. <laughs> that one of those big inch TVs. Uh, no, you know, uh, uh, Landon. I don't think uh, "big inch" is the phrase that you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fraser. Um, and he starts going through this whole rigmarole of a football themed wedding that he wants. There'd um, be a, a big ass screen behind yeah. the uh, behind the the minister or whatever, so mm-hmm. you can watch the game as he's talking. Right, and spike the ball and drag the the bright off to the honeymoon. Ha ha ha. Uh, and then at the honeymoon, he wants to play a round of air hockey. Oh, yeah. And uh, can you explain this joke that we end on? Because I don't understand it. Uh, it's like they're going upstairs with their arms around each other, mm-hmm. talking like, oh, air hockey, huh? It's yeah. like supposed to be a metaphor for sex, which I get that part. And, and then it's like, have you, he says, like, have you got any quarters, little lady? And she says, oh, I got a whole new role. So uh, that just means that they're going to have a lot of sex because she's going to keep putting quarters into him i no i think i well no per everything home improvement has told us they're gonna have sex for 14 seconds and it will <laughs> and then it will be done but forever. a lot of 14 seconds yeah but it still takes all the quarters for that it's a <laughs> yeah. really pricey air hockey game uh then we get some outtakes of tim and jill in the car and uh uh what was the other one um oh and, and one of them doing the cake smash oh like yeah when yeah he mooshes right. the cake into her face she gets some up her nose um i gotta ask you a question yeah uh what uh what was the grunt count on this? The grunt count was six. I felt like it was a pretty low episode. And honestly, a couple, yeah, there's, it was a, he did a couple of like full on grunts with Wilson mm-hmm. and he did one cluster of three kind of, uh-huh. right. But uh, yeah, it was not, it was not that big, you know, because yeah. he didn't really modify anything. He didn't soup anything up and the whole, and the tool time portion was pretty light. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so pretty, uh, one of our least grunty episodes this season yeah and and one of our better episodes of the season i think is there a correlation there i don't think maybe so i have to Mm. go back and look at my data based on which ones we like crunch some numbers let us know by the end of the season grunt some numbers (laughs) um grunch grunch how the grunch stole christmas how the grunch stole the count um well, okay, before we go, yeah. uh, we, we have a place we got to visit. Oh, of course, of course, where everybody knows Pam's name. <laughs> and it uh, it is certainly named after her. Yes. Uh, unlike Norm on Cheers. Uh, this is Pam's Corner. <laughs> Let's keep doing that. That yeah. gets funnier every time. Every time. Um, I thought, you know, we're, we're running out of Pamela Anderson trivia. Um I thought we would do something a little different this week. Yeah. Um, I'd like to introduce, while we, we still have some time left uh, with with Lisa mm-hmm. on the show, well, 
Kind of. I mean, she's not on the show. But technically on the show. <laughs> yeah. um, Before she's not on the show. Yeah, exactly. I would like to... Let's let's do a alternate reality or, or possible narratives uh, for Lisa, for the character of Lisa, to explain oh, yeah, her absence yeah. and, you know, give her... Give the character a sense of, you know, honor and purpose. Yes, yeah. What Pam, What is Pam up to this week? Yeah, so I, I've developed a little, little story here. Um, okay. That uh, could explain Lisa's uh, absence from the show. Okay. Give it, give it to me. Okay. So shortly after being cast on Tool Time, Lisa received a call from a lawyer informing her that uh, her great-grandfather had passed away uh, due to a freak accident years ago that claimed the lives of both of her father and her grandfather. Uh, she discovers that she is the sole inheritor of a cherry farm just outside of Traverse City, Michigan. Having lived in Detroit for years as she attempted a modeling and acting career, uh, the rural, hands-on lifestyle of the cherry farm appealed to her, and she decided to split her time between the two jobs. However, she quickly realized that the distance between the two places, Traverse City and Detroit, are not very close together. Um, More direction-based jokes. <laughs> and the responsibilities that the farm required uh, took more and more of her attention, so she began to request more time away from tool time. Thus, she has not been on the show. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. What, what What's the name of her cherry farm? Um... Oh, wow. You know, I just realized in this very moment, we don't know Lisa's last name. Oh, wow. You're right. My mind immediately went to Anderson. I know. I know. <laughs> also because Anderson is just kind of a generic name. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I got nothing. Cherry Poppin' Mama's. Cherry, Cherry Poppin' Mama's Farm. Yes. Uh, okay, I like that. And, and there's probably a backdoor Shroot Farm-style pilot in there somewhere. For, <laughs> yeah, for exactly. We're just anywhere. trying to combine all these... You know, Tommy Westfall doesn't have that big of an imagination, so yeah. he just recycles ideas. Hey, man, we're... We, you know, Tommy Westfall can't live forever. Sooner or later, we have to step in <laughs> with our own snow globes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's what I got for Pam's Corner this week. Uh, who knows what kind of shenanigans Lisa will get up to next week. Yeah, out on the farm. It's a little bit home improvement, a little bit hee-haw. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, I'm gonna hee-haw that into this outro. Okay, that, that's a great segue. <laughs> no better segue than the one that, that points to what you're doing. Hey, Gruntheads, it's Landon here, running solo for a second. Just to even the score with Truman. Um, mostly, though, to promote an upcoming guest appearance that Truman and I did on the Be Kind and Rewind podcast. Uh, the host, Carlos asked us to come on and pitch our pilot for what a home improvement revival could look like. Uh, so the three of us went through our different uh, iterations of what that could look like in this this age of reboots and reunions and revivals and remakes and uh, all those rewords that you can fill in the blank with. Um, it gets real fun, and it's something we haven't done before. We are very excited to be on it, and we definitely want you guys to to tune in and check it out. So be sure to look up uh, Be Kind and Rewind, which you can find on any podcatcher of your choice. And also follow them on Twitter, which is at Be Kind Rewind Pod. Uh, you'll definitely want to check it out. And now back to our normal rambling outro. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Uh, the show notes for this episode will be posted on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com um, We are ramping up toward our season finale. We are ramping and so hard. we would love to read some new reviews yeah. uh, in that episode. So get those in on iTunes. Um, I'll also check some of the other places. Google Play. Uh, we just did Radio Republic. Yes. We're on there now. Um, 
and uh, Stitcher, you know, and you, know, you can leave a review anywhere, but yeah. iTunes is where a lot of the stuff helps us out. So um, leave a review on there if you definitely want it right on the air. Yeah. Um, you know, well, within question, don't like <laughs> be defamatory toward anyone. But yeah, yeah. Well, or we'll edit it and and you know put words in your mouth if that's the case. <laughs> we're not making a good pitch for it, but seriously, if you want, if you like the show, if you want to interact with the show, we're approachable guys. Yeah. And you also don't even have to approach us. You just have to send an email to yeah. uh, our email address. Exactly. Um, which is info at Gruntwork Podcast. Podcast? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you know, Frazier has a problem with the way you put that. <laughs> um, but uh, don't forget, guys, don't forget that every time that you rate us, we'll take you down to Ohio and do some things that are definitely against the law there. <laughs> um, you can uh, get all kinds of goodies by signing up uh, for our newsletter, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Um, you can sign up for that on our website uh, or our Facebook page, um, any number of places. Uh, you can get notified when new episodes are available. And uh, you can also follow us on the, all the social media places, which is at GruntWorkPod. With that, I've been Truman Caps. Who have you been? Landon Solano for GruntWork. And I've been Truman Caps for GruntWork. Who have you been? Uh, still Landon Solano for Grunt Work. Okay, and I remain trimming caps for Grunt Work. Landon, can you give me directions out of this podcast? Because I am lost. <laughs> yeah, take a left out of here. Let's go.